TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, welcome to Score North. First place AL Central champs swept out of the first round of the playoffs. Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore along with Phil Mackey. Is I was going to keep getting longer. Every you know, week? I was getting heat for how I was introducing it. You Homer, you Homer, and then I said it in front of Pat just to test the waters, and uh, he didn't uh, shout me off the ledge for that. So we'll just keep calling it the <laughs> AL Central champs. Twins show. This is the hot stove edition uh, with Phil Mackey. I'm Derek Wetmore, and we've got to cruise through a couple of things, Phil. Let's go rapid fire up front. The bulk of this episode I expect to spend on reckless speculation and specifically my Yasmani Grandal take. But we should talk about Jacob Rizzi, who has until 4 o'clock tonight, Thursday, as we record this episode, to accept the qualifying offer. Let's just start there before we get to the rest of the laundry list. If you're Jake, yes or no, one year, $17.8 million. Well, the pressure's on because people will have already known the news when I answer this, but I say yes. And I'm sort of, I'm stealing from Ken Rosenthal here, uh, who is much more plugged in than I am. But first of all, someone offers you $17.8 million in general for one year of work, you just say yes. Like, you just say yes. (laughs) Say yes. Just general principle. I get that. Uh, there's more that goes into it, and uh, it's possible that he will be offered more money. But uh, but where I agree with Ken Rosenthal, who tweeted about this earlier in the day, next year's free agent class on paper is a lot weaker, and Jake Odorizzi will still maybe be in line as a 31-year-old next offseason to sign a multi-year deal with somebody. So you could bank $17.8 million this year. You could continue to pitch well like you did with the Twins, and maybe you'd still be in line for a multi-year contract next year when you don't have Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Wheeler, and a bunch of other dudes who are sure. available too. So I would say yes, and um, I'm, I'm guessing that Jake Odorizzi and his agents have spent the last few days. I know there's a report that Toronto is interested in him, but I think what you have to weigh if you're him is, he's seen, and you know him a little bit better than I do because you covered that team closely, but I think what you have to weigh is if a team like Toronto wants to give you a multi-year deal, a two- or a three-year deal for like $15 million a year, or – you can finish what you started with the Minnesota Twins for still a lot of money. For yeah. $17.8 million, yeah. you have a chance to win a World Series next year. If he's weighing bad team but multi-year deal, I wouldn't be shocked if he chooses take a lot of money still and go finish what you started. One way I was thinking about it was you go to last year's qualifying offer group and Hyunjin Ryu with the Dodgers said yes. He's like, okay, sure. And then he was a candidate to be a National League Cy Young winner. He wasn't going to win, but... He's on the short list. Dallas Keuchel said no to that deal. And so there's this temptation, I think, from a lot of fans to say, well, you'd rather be Rue than than Keuchel, right? <laughs> Pause. Because Rue was going back into a great situation. Okay, perfectly fine. I, I would take that. If, if I'm Jake, for the record, to answer my own question, I'm taking the one-year offer from the Twins. I'm saying, this is good. Like pitching here. I'll go have another career year. Bet on myself. Um, the difference is... We don't know what Keiko turned down. We can't just say he said no to the qualifying offer, so nobody wanted him. Because that's BS. Teams wanted him, but he had an idea in his mind of what his value was, and teams weren't meeting that. So I think that's the narrative that needs to be corrected. Yeah. By the way, you said it at the start. This will already be decided, but it still sets up by the time people are listening to this. 
it still just sets up a fascinating wrinkle for the Twins in the way the rest of their offseason unfolds. Well, does, would you agree with this? If if Jacob Arizzi is in for one year, $17.8 million, as opposed to he says no, and now he's a free agent like anybody else, and you'd have to sign him to a three-year deal or a two-year deal or whatever it may be, or the thing that no one really talks about is just like the waiting game. Now, now he becomes a waiting game for you. And he goes through a negotiation process with other teams, and, sure. it's, and it's uncertain. I think having a the certainty of him being in your rotation next year, if that's the case, or the or even if he if he hits the free agent market, now the certainty of well, Barrios is your only legit starting pitcher now. You certainly and, have to spend right, some money, right? I think it's more likely that they spend big over multiple years on somebody else, a Zach Wheeler or a Madison Bumgarner, if Odorizzi says yes to the qualifying offer. Because even though it's a lot of money for one year, they're not locked in for like sixty million dollars sure. over multiple years, sure. like Irvin Santana's contract or or the Ricky Nolasco fifty million dollar contract. Yeah, I think that either way, there's. I wrote about this too, by the way. So it's not just Odorizzi. There are nine other qualifying offer decisions that need to be made on Thursday. I wrote about the wrinkle effects of anything that could happen there. If if you're wondering, like, what could be the fallout of this? How could it benefit the Twins or harm the Twins? It's all in that column, scorenorth.com, and it's, uh, what did I call it? What the Twins stand to lose or gain based on this week's qualifying offer decisions. It's got everything in there that could possibly happen, good or bad. But think about it this way, Phil. And to the listener who's hearing this at 5 o'clock on Thursday or later when we already know what happens, if Odorizzi says yes, Twins are in good shape. They've got another pitcher at a reasonable dollar figure and now set out to work building the rest of your rotation and roster. If he says no, you potentially stand to gain a draft pick and $18 million to go spend somewhere else. Like, neither outcome is bad for the Twins, and I'd say that's true of Odorizzi as well. If you say yes, cool. One-year deal, well-paid, spot you like pitching, chance to win. If you say no... All right, now the fun begins. Go hunt for yeah. a multi-year deal. Can I just like, – we can expand on on this guy. I just want to throw this in real quick before we get to your Yasmani Grandal uh, take okay. and other things. Got a few more uh, house-cleaning things before that. Sure. Uh, but uh, John Morosi, plugged in MLB Insider, tweeted yesterday that there's a bunch of teams kicking the tires on John Gray as a trade candidate. John Gray was the number 3 overall pick uh, a few years ago for the Colorado Rockies in 2013. He throws in the mid to upper 90s as a starter. And he still has two years of team control. He's a, uh, he becomes a free agent 2021, and um, the Rockies are going nowhere. John Gray has been mostly underperforming in his career in Colorado, despite the fact that he throws really hard. He's got blue chip, top-end stuff. Um, I, I just, the, the more I see, you and I were kind of talking about John Gray a, a couple weeks ago, and I'm very bullish on that type of a move. I really think... The, the the way I'm framing this up now, you got Barrios, Odorizzi comes back, you go sign a Zach Wheeler or a Madison Bumgarner to a multi-year contract, and what the hell? Go make another big splash by trading a couple prospects for a guy that can maybe be a reclamation project and just have four badass starting pitchers in your rotation. Sure. Just end this. It, it, every time the Twins play the Yankees in the playoffs— and rest assured, they're going to play him again next year. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, they're going to play the Yankees next year. Two thousand ten, Game Three, Yankee Stadium, do or die. And I love this man because he's he's one of the best guys I ever covered. Brian Dunsing was the starting pitcher in that game at Yankee Stadium. Go get him. He got no shot. Yeah, no shot. Uh, and as much as we tried to have fun with it and pump the tires, 
Randy Dobnak was a starting pitcher in essentially a do-or-die game for the Twins. Game two, I get it. It wasn't an elimination game. But, like, just don't go into a playoff series next year with a water pistol. You know, just make sure. And they got unlucky with Michael Pineda, and I I get that. But uh, just take care of business either this winter or set yourself up to have three badass dudes going into the year and trade for the fourth on July 31st next year. That's where I'm at with this. And, water, and John Gray's at the top of my list. Water pill, water pistol. Did you do that on purpose? What did Michael, I say? Water pill? What? No, water pistol, but oh. what Michael Pineda get popped Oh, for? wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to uh, Kevin and Pat Williams. Um, Star caps so, so, for life. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we we talked about this with Glenn on the show that John Gray is one of the names that is intriguing to an extent. Um, what are you going to have to give up? Is what What's the free agent market look like? What do other trade candidates look like? How do you measure him compared with your own internal guys? Like, this is going to sound blasphemous, so don't laugh me off the microphone here, but, like, compare the performance that you project for 2020 of John Gray and Randy Dobnik. I need to know what that difference is. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't laugh me off. I'm just saying I need to know what that gap is to know what kind of prospect it's, capital it's I'm going wide. shopping with. Yeah, it pro- it probably is. John Gray, by the way, John Gray has been a three wins above replacement starting pitcher for a franchise that has no idea what it's doing. The Colorado Rockies. Yeah, he's nice. He's, he's He throws 98 miles an hour. He's arm talent. And I look at this and I say he is in the pool of people that you'd go fishing for. I said, I think it was, I put specifics on it. So just in case anybody wanted to go steal this for a column and, and, and write it somewhere else, there's a bunch of great writers out there right now. First round or second round talent, hadn't materialized, and doesn't have an injury that portends future problems. Yeah. That's a probably a pretty big pool of pitchers. Now go fishing in that and try to find your next what Tyler Duffy, to use an example. Find your next Ryan Presley, that sort of thing. So I, John Gray's on that list to me. I don't know. He's at the top of the list. We're splitting hairs. I do think that the Twins, somebody said, you can't be so obsessed with Anthony Rendon and Yasmani Grandal. Eventually, you have to sign a pitcher. You can't be so scared they're going to have an arm injury. And that person's 100% right. Is, My, that, is that your, trepi- no. your trepidation when it comes to signing a pitcher? No, or? no, no. Pitchers get hurt all the time. This happens. My take on Rendon was if you're betting on somebody, Steven Strasburg or Anthony Rendon, I'll take the safe play in the position player and go fix my pitching staff elsewhere. That's the part that's getting lost in all this. Even to the guy pointing at myself here who says, you know, you could also improve your offense. You could also improve your defense, and that is going to help you win more games in 2020. I'm still saying go fix your pitching staff. That just, to me, it's just so obvious that you have to start there. Uh, There's not going to be one move. I can tell you that sources have indicated it won't be one move to upgrade the Twins pitching staff for 2020. They're going to do a scatter shot. They're going to take big swings. Who they land on and how many guys they bring in, trade, free agency, all that stuff is still left to play out. I think uh, there's a lot of different things that come out. Our our guy Doogie from the Scoop podcast and, and Five Eyewitness News he has the Twins already reaching out to Zach Wheeler's representatives. Sure. Now there's, I believe, 10 or 12 teams based on reports that have, so like a third of the league has said, yep, that guy, we want to talk to that guy because he's really good. Um, I, I do think that says something. I do think I haven't heard any reports linking the Twins to Madison Bumgarner, yet I've seen five other teams linked to Madison Bumgarner. It doesn't mean that they're not also going to talk with Bumgarner's reps, but I think when you're talking about the first week of free agency, 
and you're already linked to Zach Wheeler, to me that says, okay, he's a priority. Sure. You're not just you're not just that's not just coming out uh, because they've reached out to 30 different guys. I think they probably keyed in on the ones well, that they're the most interested in first. Maybe, but be careful there because you know this just as well as I do, Phil, that so much of what we read and see has happened. And some people say, ah, rumors get out and like there's no base. No, there's usually a base. Typically, if it's from a well-respected person, you know, you go through the list of highly credible national and local reporters there's probably some fire there where there's smoke. But what I've learned from years of covering baseball is that there's not always smoke to every fire. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's like baseball executives laugh it off all the time. Like, oh, well, you know, a lot of stuff gets thrown around out there. I don't know. A lot of stuff gets thrown around, too, that doesn't get reported. So I would just say just because we haven't seen Mad Bum doesn't mean that the Twins won't be in That's those fair. sweepstakes. That's fair. Um, I'd go at a mid-rotation starter um, or two. If you're not getting Garrett Cole, you need more than one arm in that rotation to make it a World Series caliber club for 2020. A uh, couple housekeeping things, and then I want to get to my hot take. That's a, I don't think it's that hot. I think it's well-rounded and reasoned, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be the <laughs> judge, be of, the that. judge we'll of that. Uh, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, contract extensions with the Twins. They'll be here through 2024, according to reports. I think this is a great move, and I think it's interesting. Two things are interesting. One, these guys could have entertained job offers elsewhere. Haven't. And or, two... Or, or did, and this didn't is get the them. result. <laughs> didn't get them, I don't know. But two, they haven't left. That's what we can say. But number two is their tandem. This is not, oh, hey, you were a hot commodity Falvey, so we'll get you a quick extension. This is, no, no, no. They are still a package deal. I think that's a really good sign three years yeah. into a partnership. Uh, I just... I, I know there's little things to nitpick here and there, and you know they haven't batted a thousand on. You know, Lance Lynn was kind of a disaster. And there's definitely things you could point to. Addison but Reed, yeah. But yeah. overall, the job that these guys have done for three years, just changing the entire, the entire way of operating. I mean, yeah. the the, and also convincing ownership. This is this is one thing that people rip on the poll ads for being cheap, right? And why don't you go sign Bryce Harper for a hundred years and a billion dollars like the Phillies did, right? Um, it's like a pretty bad annual average value for Bryce. I mean, even if you scaled it back to like thirteen years, two hundred plus million, yeah, it's a bad Christ. contract. Anyways, I digress. Um, they spent a lot of money, mil- tens of millions of dollars, on people and systems and technology behind the scenes, so that they could go from probably a bottom five to bottom eight team in terms of analytics and just the forward thinking nature of their player of their organization. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And now I would I would say they're they're definitely top eight, maybe top five in a lot it's hard to quantify, but sure. uh, but they're just they're leading the way in a lot of ways. And it's no coincidence that they invest all these things behind the scenes and they make a couple good trades and signings, but for the most part, it's not like Max Kepler and Mitch Garver and Taylor Rogers and Tyler Duffy just like wake up one morning without great infrastructure around them and reach their 95th percentile as players, right? For sure, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, what? what's the secret sauce that goes into Mitch Garver and, and Max Kepler getting to this level? We're never going to know the whole story. And it's in reality, it's probably 10 different things that go into making up those players. It's probably nutrition and swing playing and just different things. But Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have set that vision – and they have 
put the Twins down this path to where if they want to contend for the next five or ten years, they can contend for the next five or ten years. Um, so I, I I can't say enough great things about what they've built the last few years. And they're also good humans, too. Just yeah. if you ever come across them, yeah. uh, they're just they're good people. And I think they're pretty easy to root for, too. Sure. Uh, speaking of that, I don't know Rocco nearly as well as those guys, but Rocco Baldelli, ale manager of the year. Are we feeling pretty bad for Yankees fans that their guy missed out this year? Boy, I was kind of shocked. As it, I feel like Aaron Boone had a lot of national steam. Like people who would have maybe known the results of the vote were pushing Aaron Boone. And even though they tied with first place votes and Rocco Baldelli uh, squeaked it out, if you've got the resources of New York payroll, that roster, uh, you've got some of the biggest contracts in baseball, you're expected to win a bunch of games. I'm not saying Aaron Boone's not a good I think he's a good manager, and uh, I think he's a really smart guy. But Rocco Baldelli coming in as a first-year manager, and I think even like you and I get to see things behind the scenes and compare it to the Ron Gardenhire era, just completely changing the culture and the way that they go about business. I'm going to guess that Rocco Baldelli and his buy-in to what the front office has brought to the table led to more wins above replacement manager than Aaron Boone in New York. That's that's, And I get that the, the narrative with Aaron Boone is going to be, well, they had all these injuries, and they overcame all these injuries, uh, and, sure. and they still won a bunch of games. Sure. Okay, uh, but they still like look at all. Even with the injuries, look at some yeah. of the dudes in that their lineup. Backups were Talkman and Voigt and, and Duhar and yeah. Gio Urshela. It's a right. It was a pretty good lineup. And and I would say like people when it comes to trying to quantify a manager's job or how good a manager is, and people always focus on the things that they can see in front of them, like. Uh, lefty righty matchups or lineup cards, just the, like little things. Uh, did you call for a hit and run? Or are you are you being aggressive? Right, like <laughs> things you can yeah. kind of quantify. For sure, yeah, and point and, directly to that guy. Yep. Oh, you brought in the right or wrong reliever, right? Sure. And that's how. And I don't know. I I I think that's probably fifteen to twenty percent of it. But a lot of that stuff is are, those decisions are already made before the game starts. Those are data driven decisions. And you're just sort of you're, you're not going off your gut when you bring in a reliever. You're going off of mostly data mm-hmm. uh, and analytics. So, I think I think those types of decisions make up ten or fifteen to twenty percent of being a good manager or a bad manager. But the other eighty percent is behind the curtain. It's can you create an environment, which is a really vague, wide ranging thing. Can you create an environment that allows your players to reach? their 90th or 95th percentile, right? Can you get Max Kepler to reach his peak potential? Yeah. Can you get Mitch Garver, all the guys we've already mentioned, can you get them to reach their peak potential? And I think it's pretty safe to say that whatever environment Rocco Baldelli created in 2019 allowed players to thrive. Sure. And uh, and that's how I judge managers. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great insight. Um, Hey, before we get to my Yasmani Grandal, excited Phil Mackey, could you tell local business owners about Federated Insurance? Uh, I would love to, yes. Uh, Federated is a company that's been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And uh, there's just, you run a business, and it, you know, let's take the twins, for instance. Think about how many things you're doing on a daily basis. You're putting out fires, you're, uh, you're talking to other business owners. Calling like, for like, hit and runs. Like the Rockies. Uh, you're calling for hit and runs. It's a lot. And uh, and you're you're just you need that peace of mind that if something happens to your business, you've got a great face to face relationship more than just a paper policy 
with your insurance company. And that's what Federated brings. Federated is here to help your business thrive. You can find out more about Federated and all the industries that Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com, which is also where you can find information about your local Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Okay, so Pat tore me apart for this. Uh, nobody came to my defense. Shocking. I'm I'm stunned that Don Mackey and Judd with Rami, when uh, Pat accused me of smoking copious amounts of pot to come up with my baseball takes, that nobody jumped in to my defense. But alas, I've already talked with Pat about this and why I think the theory makes sense. Where are you at on my suggestion that the Twins not only go target pitching, not only get Byron Buxton back healthy and doing Byron Buxton things in center field, but they sign a superstar catcher like Yasmani Grandal to raise the water level of the team. All right, so it's not crazy for starters, okay? Because Yasmani Grandal is a great catcher defensively and also a great hitting player. He's a superstar. He's one of the best players in baseball. So let's just start there. Okay, all if, right. If I'm you're... starting to feel a little better about this. I was sweaty coming into this interview, and now my mind is at ease. I mean, if, you're, if your premise is, Hey, the Twins have money to spend. They should think about adding one of the best players in baseball. <laughs> I don't know how you can rip that. You know, oh, I don't know why ripped. that's ridiculous. But but here's – so I, I don't think he should be at the top of your – if you've got a limited amount – I mean, you've got money to spend, but you don't have infinity money to spend. Sure. I get that there's no salary cap, but but there are finite resources that owners draw lines. They don't want to lose $50 million, so they draw lines. And the Fed's not printing infinity money <laughs> last time I checked. Correct, yes. So – the, the the one argument that I think annoys me the most, because uh, I've 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 I talked to Pat about this, I've talked to Judd about this. Like, well, I mean, Mitch Garver's their catcher. Why would you sign another catcher? Mitch Garver is not a full time catcher. Mitch Garver only had what three hundred fifty plate appearances last year. Three hundred fifty nine. Okay, who's counting? So, what's more likely that the Twins' forward thinking, smart front office and field staff says, "Wow." Mitch Garver was great last year, 30 home runs and 359 plate appearances. Let's double that. Yeah, 762. What if he, yeah, what if he he just played every game? Uh, I think they found a perfect sweet spot role for Mitch Garver. My guess is he probably goes up over 400 plate appearances next year. Uh, I don't don't think, especially if he's going to catch half the games, I don't think it makes sense for him to, uh, to, uh, to also play like, First base, the other. I think you should rest him a certain amount because that's clearly a, a formula that worked last year. But it also means that you need someone else to catch the other half of the games. I think that it's pretty obvious the Twins would like two guys who can shoulder like a 50-50 load behind the plate so that they both can be fresh. But also, and they didn't really tap into this with Mitch Garver, two guys who can maybe also play a corner outfield spot or DH for you okay, or play first base, sure. which Yasmani Grandal can do all those things. Yasmani, I wouldn't say corner outfield, but yeah, he can play first base. First base, DH, catch. So uh, if it meant saying goodbye to C.J. Crone, maybe it even means, uh, I don't know, trading Miguel Sano if he didn't think he was a third baseman, but I don't think they're going to do it, and I think you should start by spending money on pitching or budgeting for pitching, but... Your premise isn't crazy. Yeah. One thing that would throw me off a little is he's 31 years old, and that's about the age, maybe even a little earlier, that's about the age where catcher's offensive performance starts to really plummet. Yeah. So I don't know. He's a guy that made like $20 million last year. Are you going to be paying for his last four years of production, and he's going to hit the age cliff just as you're paying him? 
if he was 29 even, I might be more inclined. But it's not – I don't think they're going to do it, but it's certainly not crazy. It's not crazy. I'll give you that. I think – well, thank you. <laughs> I I feel a lot better now. I walked in here, yeah, my palms are sweating. I was a little nervous. I'm wearing my caribou sweater, so I was kind of like already – the. Body temperature was like a degree or two above normal. By the way, it's not like a caribou coffee sweater. It's literally a white sweater with silhouettes of actual caribou <laughs> on it. Two caribou, yeah. yeah. It is sweater season. I think that it just makes all kinds of sense because it's a way to make your pitching staff better across the board. You're exactly right on Garver. If he's going to catch 50% of the innings, if he's going to catch you know, specific guys, or I don't care what the matchups are. Offensively, he's still he's probably going to take what somewhere between forty five and sixty percent of the catcher plate appearances. I'm cool with that. That's good. The production is awesome when he's in there. I, I don't think that 2019 was a pop up fluke season for Mitch Garver. So I want to. There were a lot of people, Phil. I know you've never had this in your career, so I'll just explain it to you from my perspective. Sometimes people read the tweet or the headline and then argue with your point without reading the column. I'm sure that's not ever happened to you on the radio or no, in I'm very form succinct or, and clear with yeah, my points, so I, well, and never I have, any confusion. I have 280 characters now, and I still can't get all my thoughts out in one tweet. Uh, I, I am pointing out that I think Mitch Garver is a star. However, I think you can have two stars at catcher in the modern era, and you'd be ahead of the curve of rest, the rest of the baseball world if you were to do that. It, it would be expensive. It would cost you. But guess what? Mitch Garver ain't costing that much money. Unless you work out some kind of big long-term deal and bump his salary in 2020, he is a very affordable star player. So you have two stars for, what, I don't know, give give Grandal a four-year deal or whatever and pay him what he wants. I'd be pretty happy with that outcome if I'm the Twins if I can also get my hands on a pitcher or two guys that are going to help the rotation because it's just frank there just aren't enough bodies there right now. I think what I would wonder is Yasmani Grandal played 153 games and uh, and had 632 plate appearances last year with the Brewers. Is he good with this role? He's going to need I'm going to think in in his mind he's probably going to need 140 games. And well, let's say that's part of, of my pitch. Catcher. That's part of my pitch. I'm going to say he playing first base for 50 games. Here's how we want to use you and Mitch Garver. We don't want you to be starter backup. We want you to be 1A and 1A2. It's not even 1A and 1B. You guys are both stars. We want you both in the All Star yeah. game. Here's our rest strategy and why we think it's going to be good for you. Here are our pitchers. We think you can help elevate their game. We think you are a great player and we're a great environment for you. But if you're not on board with this plan, then. That's fine, you know. Maybe somebody else will enjoy signing you to a big contract. Yeah, he's also uh, he's a switch hitter too, so you could effectively platoon them, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Garver right-handed and Gr- and Grandall a switch hitter, but uh, so I guess my, my, you know, you're throwing out Grandall, and I know we talked about Rendon a couple weeks ago, and yet pitching is the thing that they yeah. definitely are yeah. the most lacking. Well, how much money do you think they're going to throw around? How much? How much money do you think they're going to spend, and how much money do you think they should spend realistically? And I'm not talking about like, well, they should spend 200. Mi- I mean, like realistically, sure. based on economics. And- well, without having dug into you know their TV deal and how much they're getting from revenue sharing and stuff like that, I I just look at this and I say you should probably be spending another fifty, sixty. $70 million. So in my head, I'll just answer the question more succinctly. In my head, I'm thinking $60 million. And I'm thinking, okay, well, 
If Odo comes back, which you'll know if you're listening to this right now, okay, that's 18 million earmarked. Fine. But that also solves a problem in your rotation. So either way that one goes, and then you got to make your crone decision if that's seven, eight million bucks, if you want that production or if you want it to go somewhere else. Look, I'm not saying go sign Rendon and go sign Grendahl and then hope that Randy Dobnek's your number two starter and all things go great. I'm saying pick a position player superstar, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rendon, Yasmani Grendahl, get somebody good, elevate your whole team in the level, improve your defense, which is something I think you badly need to do after 2019, and then the rest can go to pitching. That's perfectly fine. And just like you, Phil, I'm confident that the Twins' infrastructure is going to get more juice out of the lemon of pitchers, of guys in their system or outside that can help effectively make go spend 15 million bucks on a pitcher and maybe you're getting a 20 25 million dollar pitcher. So their opening day payroll last year was 114.9 million dollars and that was 18th according to usatoday.com. Uh 100 I think that was maybe the second or third, maybe the third highest payroll opening day payroll in the team history. 114 million. Let's climb the list is just, again this is just last year's opening day payrolls. These will these will probably go up with inflation and whatnot. Um but the Brewers were uh, the Braves were 117 the Indians were 122. The Brewers were right in the middle at 15th with 127 million. Reds 133. Phillies 144 at 13. Mets 148 million. Rockies 150 million. And the Mariners had the 10th highest payroll at 152 million dollars. By the way, a lot of evidence there that spending more money than the Twins d- sure. doesn't doesn't it doesn't yeah, work like that bad, always. Bad contracts hurt you in those rankings. For but sure. I think, and I don't know, I'd have to go check exactly where they're at right at this moment uh, with or without Jacob Rizzi, but I think starting the season with an opening day payroll, top half of the league, putting you in that 140 to 150 million range, that seems fair to me. Yeah. And I think that kind of fits with the number. I think that would be about adding about $50 million or so to what yeah. you have right now. My math has them at about $80 million, and if you if you take Odorizzi and you take Krohn, okay, that's earmarking some of that. If you cut those contracts... You're talking about a lot of spending room, and that's the sort of space where you can dream about a Garrett Cole, where you can dream about maybe not Cole, but a, another good pitcher, a Zach Wheeler, a Madison Bumgarner, Hyunjin Roo, getting somebody in here who's bona fide and good and then still having money to spend. This is not—we've been conditioned to, all right, well, what's the what's the good free agent class, and then what's the discount? Where, where can we get a bargain? Yeah. It's like, Awesome. But eventually, in your winning cycle, you have to pay for good players. Every World Series team does that. They get to a spot where, okay, we'd love to be frugal, and we'd love to win the dollars per win trophy like every Major League team covets more highly than World Series trophies these days. But eventually, you do get to a spot where you need stars on your roster, and stars, when they get to free agency, are expensive. So I, I think this is a winter where, if you're a Twins fan, you can dare to dream and Dare to hold them accountable if the Twins aren't willing to. Okay, I, I want to play another salary-related game with you here, just real quick. Okay, did you? But full disclosure, did you hear us play the uh, "How much will these pitchers cost?" game on Mackie and no, Joe Rami yesterday? Uh-uh. Thanks for listening. I, I downloaded the Appreciate "In Case it. You Missed It" segment <laughs> so that I could hear Sports Dad give his five lessons that he's learned in fifty years on this earth, which was Sports hilarious. Dad's great. So here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to give you. I'm just going to give you names of pitchers based on where I think they rank in the pecking order of, like, these are the the highest paid pitchers, and I'm going to give you their names. And you stop me 
when we get to the range of like what Zach Wheeler or Madison Bumgarner would be in terms of uh, how good are they? Talent-wise? Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. And I'm going to keep Zach Grinke out of this conversation because his contract was it was such an abnormally bloated contract when he signed it. I'm just – it skews the sample, okay? So stop me when – so in your mind, do you think Zach Wheeler or Madison Bumgarner is better? Just real quick. For 2020 – Pretty close. Flip a coin, give me Mad Bum, I guess. So, but, but, so pretty close together. Yeah, yeah. So stop me when we get to like, okay, I sp- yeah, those guys are about as good as this pitcher. Okay, and then I I'll see tell you saying. how much money that pitcher and makes. And this is just off the top of my head. Yep, so yep. all my stats wonks out there, don't at me. Yep, for sure. <laughs> there will not be a war quiz after this, <laughs> okay. okay? All right, uh, Max Scherzer. Justin Verlander. You paused like you wanted me to stop you after Max Scherzer. <laughs> no, we're good. You can keep going. Garrett Cole, on the other hand? Yeah, keep going. that guy might be in there. Uh, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Jacob deGrom, David Price, Masahiro Tanaka, Jordan Zimmerman. Well, Jordan Zimmerman's terrible now, but... Okay, so Masahiro Tanaka, you Darvish. Keep, keep, keep going, that's fine. Tanaka, Darvish, Cueto. Yeah, they're better than Cueto. Okay, so, you're, so we're kind of in the... So you're saying we're kind of in the... The Cueto, you Darvish, Tanaka range. Okay. Is that fair? Okay, those guys make 21, 22, and $23 million. So just for the twins' sake, this is what agents are, I mean, this is exactly what agents are going to do, right? For sure. Hey. They might play I, the same game. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> the agent's like, wait, whoa, whoa, go back to Max Scherzer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty fair to assume Zach Wheeler and Madison Bumgarner at age 29, 30 are going to make – more than $23 million a year on whatever contract they sign this winter. So sure. you just have to be prepared to be shelling out like $25 million a year for one of these guys. I am, uh, if you're talking about these pitchers and an agent brings up four and a hundred, I'm not slamming my briefcase and walking out of the room. No, I'm not either. I'm just deciding. I'm if, in on that. I'm just deciding if this is the guy that I want and is the length of commitment okay. I'm not, if you're scoffing at $25 million per year for a good player at this point, I'm not sure you're playing the right game. Agreed. Totally agree. Uh, so, I this will be a fascinating winter for the would, Twins. Would you like my uh, my Twins historical free agent signing of the week right I'll, now? I'll trade you if you give me that. I'll give you my Apple iTunes review of the week. It's a good what, one. You want to start with mine or yours? Yours. Okay. Like, okay. Because Jason Marquis, I think, just brought up the mood of the show last time. <laughs> last week, it was just a, it was fun to reminisce. Well, in fairness, it's not like there's a lot of historically great examples of. Big time twins free agency. I didn't signing. say great examples, just examples. Well, here's another example. Okay. <laughs> On January 31st, 2006, the twins pulled the trigger on a free agent signing for the ages. A guy who once drove in a league leading 119 RBIs, a league leading 14 triples, led the league in slugging percentage. But that was in 1989, 17 years before they signed this free agent. Ruben Sierra. I was going to ask you if that was Ruben. <laughs> I didn't know if that was the year it lined up correctly Ruben or not. Ruben Sierra signed a Holy one-year contract cow. with the Twins at age 40 in 2006. How'd that pan out? He played 14 games. He went 5 for 33 or 5 for 28 and drew a few walks. No home runs. Batted 179 and got on base at a 273 clip. Ruben Sierra. Minnesota Twins free agent signing of the week. There are going to be more positive examples. Yeah, I but, hope so. Uh, now, in fairness, a couple years earlier, Ruben was pretty darn good in a part-time role with the Yankees in 2004, and they got an up-close look, I think, at a huge postseason home run against them. That's accurate. So, 
Yikes. Avoid Ruben Sierra this offseason. Although, Twins have a 40-year-old slugger on their team that's doing pretty well. Yeah, Nelson I'll Cruz. take him. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty good. Uh, the review of the week comes from our friend Spokane1, who uh, commented five stars on Apple, which you can do the same. And the reason we ask for it, I know people get tired of hearing these things. Literally, all we're trying to do is spread this Twins show to more Twins fans. You're, oh, you're interested in Twins shows, but you haven't heard of the Score North Twins show? Hot Stove or Royce on Baseball or Glenn Perkins on Baseball? Well, if you go click on this thing and it's got 275 five-star reviews, you might be tempted to test it and think, ah, it's worth at least one episode. So thank you to Spokane1 who said, I enjoy the show immensely. I think it is great that the show has such a diverse array of takes on the local club from a more geeky analytics point of view, Wetmore, to middle of the road, Manny Hill, to former twin, Glenn Perkins, and my favorite ball writer, Roycey. I love the guests in season two. Keep it up. Thank you, Spokane One. Boom. So much appreciation for that comment and review. And if you would uh, be so kind to like our friend Spokane One, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this right now, or you know what? Just like tell your brother about it. He likes the twins too. Be honest. But he thinks the poleds are cheap. And that's okay. He can still listen to. We're here for this. <laughs> we're here for your polad, uh, cheap polad brother, and we're here for you too. So we will be back probably not later this week, given some uh, corporate meetings and stuff that you and I have, Phil, but we will be back with the Hot Stove Show this time next week, and by then we'll know what happens with Jake Odorizzi and the Twins. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your reviews and all of your support over the, over the uh, summer and into the Hot Stove season here. We'll talk with you next week. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.